Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Business Processes Simplified podcast, and I'm David Jennings, your host. In this episode, we're going to be chatting with Dr. Sabrina Starling, and I know you're going to love this episode. It was recorded as part of the Business System Summit, so you'll hear the full intro to that in a moment. But let me just give you a little bit of a heads up on what we're going to be covering. Sabrina has worked with so many small businesses and is able to get inside their head and understand some of their biggest challenges and frustrations. Some of the best work she has done is around developing a system where small business owners are able to recruit A players. And that's what she shares in this audio, the step-by-step. She has a book that goes through this in great detail. And what this episode does is summarizes her most current thinking. So if you're looking to hire great team members and get them on board and look, let's face it, who doesn't? You want to check out this system. She'll take you through everything from understanding yourself and your core values to getting very clear on the person that you're looking to hire, how to get it posted everywhere, and then how to actually interview your candidates and screen them to make sure that they're going to be the best fit for you. It's a fantastic episode. This particular system would fit into your HR department. And like always, I like to just mention, just so you understand my model of the world and the way that I think about business, it's best you get a copy of my book, Systemology, Create Time, Reduce Errors, and scale your profits with proven business systems. Just head over to systemology.com forward slash book. That's systemology.com forward slash book. What that does is once you go through that, you'll get so much more from these podcast episodes because effectively you'll have a framework for where to file these systems away and how to think and how to get your team on board, all following the, the right process and get your business humming. That's what all of this is about. That's why I do what it is that I do. So check out the book systemology.com forward slash book. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Dr. Sabrina Starling. She's the business psychologist, author of How to Hire the Best, and the co-host of Profit by Design podcast. Now, we connected through the Profit First Professionals group, and I had more than one person suggest that I get her on the summit. And we had to juggle a few things on the calendar, and uh, times got moved a couple of times, uh, mainly on my end, but it makes this session probably one of the most highly anticipated of the event. So I'm very excited. Um, Dr. Sabrina, what she does is she helps transform small businesses into highly profitable machines with thriving cultures, engaged staff, and she helps business owners when they achieve that goal to then go ahead and celebrate by taking a four-week vacation. She's very process-driven. I was looking around her website, checking out her podcast, and it was very obvious to me why I had a few people suggest that we chat. She really just 
gets small business and with her background in psychology, she's got this unique set of skills that helps to get the most out of you know small teams and companies and small business. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Dr. Sabrina to the summit. Well, thank you. I'm just tickled pink to be here, David. And I have to say, I have more and more appreciation for the value of systems every single day. <laughs> so <laughs> when we can integrate people and systems a magical combination. Yeah, that is where the magic happens. And I know you mentioned one of the key things, which is the system we're going to delve into, which is that people component, because you've got to have great people to make sure that your systems are working. So your system that you're going to share is the, the how to hire the best system, which shows business owners how to attract those A players. And there's a lot to cover, so we can dive in. But just the first thing, just before we start going through the system, I'd love it if you could share some of the problems and challenges that you see this particular system solve for business owner and then yeah we can go through the steps the biggest problem i think the system solves is the warm bodies in our businesses and so here's what happens when we start growing and scaling our business we need team and we need people and when we don't know how to attract a players and and great team members to our businesses we kind of make do and we just kind of decide well we're a small business so we have to settle and this is the best we can get this is the best I can afford to pay so I'm just gonna settle and I know this person they're not really engaged they show up late they leave early they roll their eyes at every team meeting when I roll out the new initiative but gosh I need somebody in this seat if I let them go it's gonna be back on me doing all the work again and and that keeps a business owner stuck in the business it stagnates the growth. And when we really, from a profit perspective, look at a business, payroll is the biggest expense when you have warm bodies. And team members become an investment when they're an A player. And then payroll becomes an investment. If you have warm bodies in your business, you're just money is flying out the door. You might as well just be handing out dollar bills, $100 bills, $1,000 bills to those team members because they are costing you more than you realize. There is so much un our intangible cost to a business when you have warm bodies on the payroll because you don't know how to hire the best they drive away your best customers they make mistakes you have rework you pay your top employees overtime and one of the things you know just to give you a real visual to hang on to if you're keeping warm bodies in your business you might as well be spraying a player repellent all over the business because they're not coming to work for you yeah, I, I know that feeling when you get started out, you just get someone to fill a particular role. You don't think too much because about hiring the A player right at the start because oftentimes you're just thinking about solving the problem for the customer and then, okay, they're just doing a little bit of work and the business almost gets just pieced together with these different team members and oftentimes I find business owners, they love to please people like that's kind of what they they've got into business to try and excel for the customer and deliver on the product and the service and they don't want to disappoint so i almost feel like your second book or your third book needs to be yeah how to hire the best but how to fire the worst um, just, <laughs> um that, that second it's book real simple that's that doesn't have to be a book we just <laughs> let it go is that part of that first process for hiring the best is first cleaning out 
That's a really good question because I get asked that a lot. And I don't want to give the impression that if you have warm bodies, you should just go tomorrow and fire everyone because, boy, that will create some chaos in your business for sure. And over the years, what I've seen works really well is to let go of the worst person. Let Get your worst offender out of there tomorrow and then hire up. So every time you hire, make that intention that you're going to hire up and learn how to hire better because all of our systems in our business, including our recruiting system, we need to hone and refine. And when we follow traditional hiring practices, you know, where you just decide I need somebody, I run an ad, whoever applies, I'll interview and make a a selection from the best of that group, which oftentimes is picking the best of the worst. Business owners who do that mishire about 75% of the time. And so when you have a hire the best recruitment system in place in your business, which I'll be sharing how to do that here shortly, every time you go through the recruiting and hiring process, you want to see if your percentage of correct hires goes up over time. And that's that honing and refining piece. Mm. With respect to the firing piece, the first fire is always the hardest. And once you get past that, it really does get easier. And your tolerance, my tolerance as a business owner and our clients' tolerances as business owners for firing, it becomes easier and we're less willing to tolerate the problems in our business. Mm. And I I find like a good perspective from the business owner is to think your purpose is to really safeguard and look after the business because the better the business performs, the more people you can hire, the more people you can help. So by, you know, sometimes you have to get rid of that worst piece to make the whole perform better, which creates more opportunity. So it's, you're actually doing a disservice to the business by holding on to that person, even though sometimes you feel like holding on to them is, is helping them. Um, you know, yes. you might be stopping them from getting their perfect dream job out there. Right. And a lot of warm body employees are not bad people. And I want to really make that point. They're not bad people. They are in the wrong fit. The culture is not the right fit for them. Or and or the role is not the right fit for them. They're not working from their strengths and they're not in the right culture. So letting them go actually creates that opportunity for them to find that better fit. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I quite liked that idea you talked about, um, you know, as you're starting to improve the systems, the reason I feel like this is probably one of the most important systems is because great people can make average systems work really, really well. But average people can't do very well at making even the best systems work. So it's this really is like one of the most important systems. That is such a great point because we have business owners and myself, we've ta- we take four-week vacations. This is part of our program is getting the systems and the team in place so that the business can run without the business owner being in the middle of everything. And Oftentimes, our business owners are taking their vacation tests and practicing for that four-week vacation and going through that process to identify what systems are weak. And they can leave confidently for a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time with weak systems because they know they have good people. And then they learn where the weaknesses are in the systems through the vacation test and come back and fix it. Yeah, perfect. I almost feel like we might need to do another podcast as well where we get to cover your system for for getting the business owner to do that. But it, it all starts with the hiring. So what's the first process or the first step for you in finding the right team member? Amazingly enough, it goes back to 
you, the business owner. That's where it all starts. And understanding who you are, particularly your core values. What, because your core values are what will be the seeds of the culture that you're creating in the business. And so for business owners who are listening who have 20 employees right now, if you've never defined your core values and you're frustrated with all, a lot of your team members, I'm going to venture that about 80% of that frustration is due to a mismatch of core values going on. And once we back up and we get your core values aligned, and then we use those to guide the recruiting and hiring process, you're going to be attracting people who are a better fit with your core values. So let me just define first what core values are. These are not aspirational values. Like, I want to be the most generous person where I'm volunteering and giving, you know, giving my time 50% of my time each week. That's an aspirational, I would like to be volunteering, but I'm not doing it. That's not the truth that I'm living yet. So core value is something that you, it's your way of doing life. It's your rules for life. And you know what those core values are when they get broken. So the easiest place to see our core values is when we're ticked off about something, when something has upset us. So I'm a person of my word. And so when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And in turn, I kind of have that expectation of other people. And when somebody says to me they're going to do something and it's important to me and then they don't do it, I'm like, what the heck? What happened? So that's a violation of that core value. Another example that comes up in a lot of the businesses we work with is show up on time. People want you to be there on time. I've had some business owners say, you know, I have these team members and I tell them to be here on time and at eight o'clock is when we start. They're walking in at 8.03. And so I've had to say, okay, let's back up. What does being on time mean to you? And then the business owner says, well, you know, when I was a kid, my dad always, you know, we got in trouble if we were, if we weren't there 10 minutes early, we had to leave everywhere and be everywhere 10 minutes early. And I said, okay, so we just need to define that because that's really what you mean when you say being on time. And so clarifying what these core values are, getting them pulled out of the business owner is, is key. And then turning those core values into immutable laws. And immutable laws in our businesses, it means that they can't be broken. They can't be violated. And if someone violates the immutable law, chances are if they can't quickly correct it and turn it around, they're not going to be welcome to stay in the business anymore because they're, they're creating a lot of friction and disharmony in, in the business with other team members or with clients and customers of the business. So starts with core values and then using those core values in what we call immutable laws to attract more team members who have very similar core values themselves. Their rules for doing life are very similar to you, yours and the rest of the team. That creates harmony from the get-go. A, a lot of conflict just dissipates because there's good synchrony with those core values. And the way to identify them, two ways, Pay attention to when you're upset because underneath that is an immutable law or core value that's been violated and pay attention to when you feel most proud. The moments in your business and in your personal life that somebody has done something that makes you feel really proud, they are honoring or reflecting one of your core values. When 
you've got existing team members and things like that as well. And you're going through this discovery process and you're writing some things down. Do you have a process or suggest on how you might check in as well with other team members' core values as well? Yeah. So one of the things that a lot of business owners ask is, well, should I go and do a brainstorming session with my team and we'll brainstorm our core values? That'll be a great team building exercise. No. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't ask that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so start with your own core values and get those identified for yourself as the, the business owner and the founder of the business. Once those are articulated and try to put them in your common language, the things you say, like in my family, I have girls and we're a family of girls. And I always say we're women of our word. And so, you know, that is more powerful than saying we do what we say we're going to do. Yep. Women of our word. That's our common language. So look for that and turn your core values into those immutable laws in your language and then take them to your team and share them and share them in the form of stories and give examples to illustrate the core values and then watch the body language around the room. Watch, and, and we're on video, so this is good. So you can see this. Watch for who leans in and pays attention or sits up straight and gets excited and, you know, that that paying attention body language and then watch for this the crossing the arms and the looking down and the tapping the foot and you know whatever the disengaged look is that is showing you right there who on your team aligns with those immutable laws and who is saying I'm not a good fit here and now it's suddenly clear why I'm not a good fit here yeah, perfect. It's one of those topics, particularly I know when you're first getting started out in business, a lot of people are like, hey, show me the money. I just need to get started. I need to find my product, go out there and start selling it. But the longer I'm in business, the more I start to realize this is foundational, getting you know very clear on who you are because then, then you can put up your flag and you say, here's who I am. You know, Come and join me in my mission. Or if you're not right, the right fit, that's okay too. F find somewhere where you do fit. So, yeah, I, I love it. So, this is that first step. And is this something, once you kind of check it in with the team, write these down, these immutable laws as well? Are you looking at having some, some notes? Yeah, how do you put that together? So, whatever form you want to capture them in, you know, put them on the whiteboard in the team room and then, you know, let the wording simmer. Usually, it takes several t attempts to get these immutable laws clarified and, and worded the way you want to. And then post them everywhere like on your website we have ours on our website we send them out to new clients i talk about them any chance i get and one of my favorite of ours is be a gift from your gifts we seek to show up in our communities and with our clients and and share from our gifts our, our strengths and add value in that way and and so that's just me right there telling you a story about our our one of our immutable laws get any chance you get that you are, are talking to your team and somebody does something that makes you feel proud, it's because an immutable law is being honored, point it out to the team, put it out there in social media, really, and we'll get to that mm -hmm. in a little bit. That's a big part of recruiting those A players to your business is putting your team members out there in social media, particularly when you're acknowledging something that they're doing that aligns with one of your immutable laws. I think uh, what I like about these as well is, I mean, these become the rules that you hire by and then fire by as well. And I remember because um, I got my 
the yin to my yang a little a few years ago she she kind of compliments me she's my operations manager and she makes sure everything goes um, really really smoothly but there was a, a warm body who was on our team for a very long time um, and they had repeatedly you know not been showing up to these particular values and I think that ended up whether it was consciously or, or subconsciously sending a message to the rest of the team that these really weren't that important these values so it, it got to a point where we we said hey these are our values and we had a few times where we kind of pointed it out and then it became obvious they weren't the right fit and then that was actually the reason that we let them go but it was also very clear and easy for us to go we're pointing to this because this is our our playbook you know you've got all the other systems and processes and all that that that's all secondary at the core if you can't you know get these eight values right then you're not the right fit for here. So it's quite empowering for the business owner as well. Yes, yes. So that is step number one in creating a, a recruiting system to hire the best into your businesses. Clarify those immutable laws. Step number two is to think about a clearly defined role that you're hiring someone for. And a real example of this is a business owner who, and this is your first hire, you've been doing everything in the business till now and you're like, okay, I'm finally going to hire. I need to hire someone who's going to do my social media, maybe a little bookkeeping for me and they could check my email, answer phones. Maybe some video um, editing. Make some video Instant editing. Graphics too. too. Yeah. <laughs> I need that too. So that's, that's the role. All right. Now we're going to hire. Oh my gosh. There's no clear result that you're hiring for. They're, 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 you're having them do everything. And I get it. You've been doing everything. And we as business owners, we tend to think there's other superhuman beings out there <laughs> who can do all these things that we've been doing. Well, here's, here's the inside joke. Once you get on the other side of this as an entrepreneur, you realize all those things that I thought I was doing well, the marketing, the video editing, the bookkeeping, I kind of sucked at all of that. And <laughs> it was pretty bad. And so it's really unfair for us to expect someone else to walk in and be able to do all those things. So we want to have one role that we're hiring for and one clear result. And if this is your first hire and you're a smaller enterprise, really, you can look at hiring part-time, independent contractors, virtual assistants. There's so many options. You get away from thinking you have to fill a full-time role with somebody in an office next to you. Like that's doesn't need to happen. Keep it really super simple. Define the one result. If this person can't get anything done for you in a given day or in a given week, but they get this one thing done, what does that one thing need to be? The one thing that's going to have the greatest impact and define for yourself how that ties to the sweet spot of the business. And the sweet spot of the business is that intersection of your top clients your unique strengths and what makes you different out there in the business world and the systems that support what you're delivering. That's the sweet spot. So how does this role support the sweet spot and tie to the profitability of the business? If you can't answer that, stop hiring. <laughs> Get that done first because you're just going to hire somebody who's going to, you're just handing money out to because the money's going to fly out the door. They need to know the one result. Yeah. And going for the idea of role as opposed to task, I often see people when they're thinking about recruiting someone, a virtual assistant or offshore, they're like, you know, they get an ebook, 101 things to keep your virtual assistant busy. 
And I'm thinking you don't want to keep them busy. You want to have them working on the right things. So I think getting very clear on, on the role is much better than individual tasks. Yes. And to take it a step further, the result that you want from that role, what are those tasks adding up to? What experience and result is being delivered by those different tasks? And that creates, once we're really clear on, on the result, there's that opportunity to find a lot of efficiency because we can go through and see, okay, these five tasks have nothing to do with that result. Stop doing them. They are not connected to profit. They're not connected to the sweet spot. And they're certainly not driving the result for that role. So just stop. And, and does this take the form of, again, uh, like a document? Is there some sort of outcome at this particular step, like a job description? Or how do you, you think of this, that? Well, this is the beginning of the job description. Once you identify the clear result that you're looking for, then you're in the position to think through the next big question, which is part three of the, the Attract the Best hiring system here, is to think about, okay, if this is the result I'm looking for, what are the personality strengths needed to do this job or get this result day in and day out and get this result exceptionally well day in and day out? So I'll give you an example of where this comes into play. I once had a client who was a startup, had a kiosk in the mall, and he had a product, a food product that he needed people to sample. And he needed, you know, he was great at waving traffic you know, standing there and saying, come on over here, come try this, you'll love it. And he had more business than he can handle. So he needed to hire somebody who could do that for him while he could be in the back making the product. And he hired his buddies. And he couldn't understand why they would do really good for, you know, a couple hours, but then they'd be on their phones, they had they actually turned their back to the mall traffic going by. And he said, I don't get it. I told them you've got to wave people down. We need people here. And I, I said, okay, just curious here. Are your friends introverted or extroverted? He wanted an explanation. I gave him an explanation. I said, okay, introverts get energy from quiet time and alone time. And their batteries get drained by too much interaction with people. Whereas extroverts are just the opposite. They drain their batteries when they're alone and they, they crave that interaction with people and their batteries get recharged. Their energy goes up around people. And he said, oh, my friends are introverts. I said, okay, this, now we're on to something and we have something to work with. And so he shifted what he was looking for in his hiring process. He just looked for extroverts because he needed somebody who could bring traffic <laughs> from the mall to the kiosk. And it, it, but it was clarity around that was the result that was needed in that role. And that, that personality characteristic, what is of extroversion, is what was needed to do that job exceptionally well day in and day out. His introverted friends could do it well for an hour or two, but then their batteries were getting drained. And in every role we have in our business, when we're clear on that one result, we're in a much stronger place to look at what are these personality characteristics somebody needs to have to do this exceptionally well day in and day out? I am very detail-oriented and task-driven, and that is great for bookkeeping, that kind of personality. If you are hiring for bookkeeping and you're hiring somebody who's not detail-oriented, oh my gosh, like what a mess are you going to have on your hands? They may like the idea of being in your QuickBooks, but you know, you're going to have a mess on the backside of things. Is there any suggestions on 
how to identify what characteristics might be important for each role. Like the bookkeeping one, I can imagine that makes sense. I could imagine people in customer service, you need to be people orientated and you need to be able to solve problems. I suppose it's just a thinking exercise. We use a tool called the People Map Personality Assessment, and it breaks down personality into four quadrants, kind of like DISC. And we go with leader, free spirit, task, and people. And the names are very clear. They describe that. And so just thinking from those four quadrants, as you're thinking through the results that are needed, just like you started spouting off, like, okay, I can see it. Customer service, you need someone who's people-oriented, who likes dealing with people. And problem-solving, free spirits are great at solving problems. They love to solve problems. So it's just that stopping and thinking about what's the result I need, and then, okay, what personality characteristics are needed here? Once we have our immutable laws, we have that clear result that we're driving towards, and we have the personality characteristics, now we have a, a job description. <laughs> this is what you're, you're going for. And it's bigger than a job description because this is the, these are the talking points that you can use when you're out there networking in your networks and just saying, you know, we have an opportunity, we're growing, and I have a role for a front desk person, and we need, we're looking for somebody who is great at dealing with people. They love to remember the details and the things that are important to people. They're somebody who will remember the name of our patient's dog, and, you know, when they're coming back from week to week for the, the appointment, who do you know in your world who's really good at that? And notice what I just said there. There's some key points. I didn't say, who do you know, David, in your world, who's like that, who's looking for a job? Because now your mind is blank. Because you're like, I don't know. None of my friends are looking for work. They have businesses or they're employed. That's a very important thing to recognize because A, players are hardly ever unemployed. They're hardly ever out there looking for work. So if we say, who do you know who's looking for work? We get nothing. But as soon as I just give you a description of, David, who do you know in your world who, if I tell you a story about my dog or I tell them a story about my dog and clearly my dog is really important to me and I come back in for an appointment next week, you're going to remember to ask about my dog or they're going to remember to ask about my dog. Who do you know in your world who's like that? Yeah. yeah. It's funny. As soon as you said it, someone had jumped into my head. Yes, a face and a name. Okay, now, would you mind making, I would love to meet him. Would you make an introduction? Yes, yeah, yeah, perfect. So again, is this the outcome then for this step? Is this a, a written down thing? Like are these, yeah, like a, doesn't sound like a traditional job description in that there's probably different elements here. So what we're creating is an ideal employee template. Yeah. Okay. And the ideal employee template, these are some of the foundational pieces. The other pieces that you want to include in there are what is going to make your role and your offer very enticing to your ideal employee. And this is marketing. I mean, it, but it's just applied to employees. But in order to figure that out, you first have to have that real clear picture of who you're trying to attract and what they are like. And then it becomes easier to start thinking about, okay, if this is the kind of person I'm trying to attract to my business, here's what we offer at my business, some of the intangible perks that will be highly appealing to a person like this. 
And for small business owners, this is really important because a lot of times we feel like we can't compete with those corporate offers that are out there. We can't offer health insurance or we can't pay those high wages. There's a lot of good things that small businesses have going on that a corporate employer can never touch. One that comes up over and over. And so I have a little ninja insight here. We have our clients giving their A player team members our key employee survey. So we only see what A players say they value about working in our clients' businesses. Our perspective is not tinted or tainted by warm bodies. Over and over, a theme comes out in that, and it is flexibility, family-friendly environment. And the other one that comes up a lot is my boss cares about me. Those simple things, simple things like that. Those are those intangible perks corporate America can't touch. And the other thing that I think is an intangible perk in small business that doesn't get enough attention is that ability for an A player to rapidly advance their career in a small business, especially our clients. A lot of them are in rapidly growing businesses, you know, doubling every 18 months or two or three, two years, sometimes three years. That's a rapidly growing business. So an A player who comes in at an entry level point in that business has an opportunity in two or three years time to be a VP of something in this business. If they really, you know, hit the results and deliver, you don't, you can't do that in a corporate job. And for A players, understanding the psychology of A players is really important. A players care about opportunities to advance. They like the opportunity to be stretched and challenged. And what better environment than a rapidly growing small business to have that opportunity? Yeah, I think um, one of our secret weapons when it comes to hiring, we we love to return to work mum or dads. They are the best. They're, they're from ex-corporate, very highly trained but they have trouble getting back into traditional workforce because they need that flexibility and they're they're happy if they can do a little bit of work at home or work some odd hours, start a bit later so they can drop the kids off. Oftentimes they're they're happy. They don't have to get the same rate that they were getting when they're in the corporate because they get that flexibility. So I, I love that. So, so this step here, like it sounds like we're filling out this template now. Is there any other points for this one before we move to that next step? So a, a real key consideration is a description of what your culture is like and what it's like to work for you. So I've been doing this now for about, I think, seven years using the recruiting in the, the employee referral incentive program. And a lot of times at the beginning, we heard business owners saying, I've tried to recruit through my networks and getting my team members out there recruiting for me, and I'm just getting no results. Mm-hmm. And at, at first I thought, okay, we need a improve this employee referral incentive system that we're teaching them because there's something not working here. Then I started thinking, I wonder what the word on the street is about these businesses. What if they've been a revolving door of employees? What is being said out there in the community and in the A-player networks about what it's like to work in that business? And so that is a, a key piece of, you know, first get your business in order, make sure you really do have that great place to work in that culture. And then in this template, define what that culture is and why that's important to your ideal employee, because that again is going to go in the job ad and the job description that you're creating. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you can probably take little elements of your values. One thing that we do, because one of our values is systems thinking is in this job description, we'll also put links to some of our systems and processes. So it's kind of like, these are the types of things you're going to be doing in your job. And that will scare off someone who doesn't like following systems and processes. Yes. So you want to inoculate your candidates about what is hard about this job. And so at the top level, people coming in, if they don't like systems, they're not going to do really good working for you. I mean, that's clear. You you do want to get them out. And at the next level, you want to be asking your A players, what is stressful and challenging about this role? I interviewed Jeff McManus from Ole Miss and he has Landscape University and they, he talks about how he has really recruited these A players to the landscape division of Ole Miss. And on the podcast, he talked about, okay, so we have a 50 acre campus and on Friday nights when they have the football games, you know, the campus is flooded with people. They make the biggest mess. So imagine you have your yard immaculate and then you have this party and all your friends come over and they trash the yard and it's 50 acres that you have to clean up and it's going to be hot and it's humid. And then you have to, you know, pick up this, these dead animals and throw them in the back of the truck. And I'm sitting there thinking, no way I'm not doing that job. But for somebody who is the right candidate and they say, yes, and I still want to work here. They've been inoculated because now they're ready to come in and they're ready to do the hard work and they're less likely to complain on on those days when it's really hard. Mm, Feels like you're kind of setting expectations up front, almost like kind of prepare for the worst. Like you're hoping for the best, but you try to prepare them for the worst and then that way they at least know up front. I love it. Yes. Yes. And psychologically, when they say, yes, I still want the job, I know this and I still want the job, their commitment level has just gone up. Mm-mm. Perfect. Are there any other elements in this particular step? No, I think we've covered it. Nice. All right. So let's, let's progress. We, we've got a little bit of a job description now and, and clear on who we're looking to attract and, and how to repel the right people and attract the right people. So what, what do we do next? Okay, so next you want to spread the word and get the word out there everywhere. And something really important to be aware of is that the best employees, the ones who are going to be with you longest, most likely to be retained, are going to come through referral. So referral of your current employees, referral from your existing clients, referrals from your vendors. Anybody who has some sort of inside glimpse into what's going on, the real story in your business, is most likely to send you the best referral and they're most likely to stay. And the ones who are have the highest likelihood of retention with you are the ones who have a friend on the job. And that is just simply because it feels good to have a friend on the job. Even when the days are rough, you can commiserate together and your buddy's in there with it, with you in it. And the, the friend on the job is also giving a very realistic picture of what it's like to work in the business. So they have been well inoculated. That is important because of retention. Turnover is extraordinarily costly in a small business. Um, Harvard Business Review, rough estimate, one to three times the employee's salary to replace an employee. So that's thousands and thousands of dollars when you have turnover. And the highest rates of turnover are in the first six months um, after a hire. So 
when it comes to getting the word out, start with your networks and, you know, putting the word, you know, word of mouth, social media is highly effective. You have to have that good job description and get it out there in social media. Anywhere that you can post, Indeed, you know, any, any job boards, those are great. You're not going to get as good of a candidate, though, as you will through word of mouth. Interesting thing about social media and Facebook, if you're utilizing Facebook, most of us are about three to five connections away from anybody in the world on Facebook. So if you are talking about the opportunity to work for you and you're running a job ad and you're, you have a highly enticing offer that's out there, chances are if you're using the right incentives to spread the word, you're going to be able to connect with somebody through Facebook. Somebody in your network will know the right person to send your way. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the, the call to action as you start to spread the word here? Is this a link to come and read the job description and, and even what's in the job description, that next step, what, what's, how are we encouraging them to stick their okay. hand up? Yeah. All right. So I, I really encourage you to have a recruiting page or a careers page on your website. And the, the call to action is to come learn about the job. You know, are you interested? Not because you don't want to take somebody cold contact to let get married. <laughs> it's more like, come and learn. Let's, you know, let's have a little back and forth here. So in on, on your recruiting page, your careers page, having a video that a short video that really captures your culture, feature your best team members talking about why they love working for you, show team building activities that you've done, it, uh, good B-roll. And B-roll is, it doesn't have to be all staged and perfect. It's just some clips from the phone. When you're doing these things, when you're having team meetings, even if they're over Zoom, capture some of that video and and incorporate that into the video that you put on your careers page because that really gives a glimpse of here's what our culture is. And then the next step is, yes, you know, if this sounds good to you, request an application or fill out your application. And the reason why I hesitate on next steps is you want to think about are you in a place where you have really had a very hard time attracting the right person? If that is the case, you want to open the floodgates more. Okay. But if you have plenty of good candidates coming your way, you want to close those floodgates, you know, and, and exercise some control there. So put some more hoops in place for people to jump through. Yeah. This sounds very similar, as you said, right up front to marketing. So you might have that detailed application that they need to send through to qualify themselves if you've got good lead flow. But then if, if you don't, it's, you know, fill out the form and, and we'll get in contact with you. So that, that makes perfect sense. Once you start to get those first inquiries, yeah, what happens next? Like, is it a, I suppose, a couple of questions. How long do you run this for? And it's probably going to vary depending on whether or not you find the right person and what your lead flow looks like. And what's that? those first couple of steps once someone starts to stick their hand up and say, yeah, look, I've read your description. I, th- I think I'm a good fit. Yeah. Okay. So I, I recommend that there be some sort of like a long job description and something embedded in there to really make sure somebody's paying attention and that they're not just blanket spreading their resume out there. So embed something in there odd that they need to do, like send us an email and put purple dog in the subject line and then have your filters set up so that only people who respond with purple dog with the subject line, those are the folks who get the application. And then 
the, the other thing, and this comes from top grading, um, I, I highly recommend the top grading process and who, as far as the, the actual interview questions to ask, because that's always mm -hmm. a big question for business owners. What do I ask in the interview? Read who, it's a system, it's real clear, the right questions to ask, it's been tested, it works, do that. One of the things that they talk about in who and top grading is the threat of a reference check. And right at the beginning of the application process, you want to have your candidates acknowledge that if they advance in the hiring process with you, that at some point they will be asked to be put you in contact with references of your choosing, people that you wanna to talk to and get their signature on that. We find that actually deters a lot of people because anybody can come up with three people who will say good things about them as references. But when you, the business owner, start asking, okay, in the interview, you've told me about these wonderful results that you produced at this last job. I think your direct supervisor could probably verify this for me. Would you be willing to make an introduction so that I could talk to your former supervisor? Ooh, now, now we're going to get the real story. So that is a key piece of the next step is getting them to sign that thread of a reference check. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And there's probably a few things in that application form. So like, let's say they are stuck their hand up. You've done a little bit of the pre-qualifying. They've written purple dog. You're sending them <laughs> to some sort of uh, Google form or something like that, where they start filling out the questions. And then at that point, you probably get to do some sort of filtering. Some people aren't going to make it through that application form based on what they say, um, and some people will. What, what happens next after that? Okay, and again, it depends on how desperate you are at that moment, <laughs> quite yeah. honestly. Better filters yield better results, um, yeah. but if you're really desperate, you may take some of these filters out of the process. The, the next step is a video, um, asking them to hold their phone up and shoot a video and ask some questions around your mutable laws. And one of my favorite questions is, is asking you, the current team members to describe a worst day on the job, like when everything went wrong recently in the last six months, you know, your worst day at work. And then describe that to the candidate and say, I know you know nothing about our policies and procedures at this point, but just given what you know about the role and who you are, tell me what you would do in this situation and have them talk to you about it on video. That's going to let you see if they're making decisions in alignment with your immutable laws. You get to an inside look into their judgment and their decision-making process. And you can also, I mean, you're going to pick up body language and you have to be a little sensitive to video that it's un awkward and uncomfortable for those of us who are not on video all the time <laughs> to hold the camera up and start talking. So there will be some awkwardness there. Don't just dismiss people because there's a little awkwardness. <laughs> but really just pay attention to how they present themselves and their decision making. And that's going to be one way to screen them out. Another good filter next before the individual interview. And, and the reason we will put so many filters in place before that individual interview is that is the most time consuming aspect of the hiring process for small business owners. So group interview, invite 10 of them to come in for a one hour group interview, ask some questions, ask them to share a few things, let your team members interact with them, just get a sense of who they are and screen people out that way. And then take your top three not the three of the best of the 10, but the three who really are showing you so far they're aligning well with your immutable laws. They have the personality strengths to do what you're asking them to do really well. The ones who seem to be the right fit. And if you don't have three, 
just invite one. You're not going for a magic number here. And then do the, the sit-down interview with them. Yeah, yeah. I think um, one thing that I think really key as you go through this process, could you mention things like the group interview? At each stage, I think having something to compare against is really helpful. Like some, even when you get down to the last interview, even if you have two people and, and one's a real standout for you, just having that second person kind of gives you the depth to kind of go, okay, this person is good. So I quite like things where you can. I mean, group interviews may or may not work depending on location and role and number of applications. Um, but if you don't end up doing that, let you know just a few more people into the one-on-ones because then, again, you get that, that comparison check. So I love it. Yes. And, and another key thing about the interview is if you can have someone interview with you, that is the ideal setup because it is very hard, even for seasoned interviewers, to pay attention to everything that you need to be paying attention to in the interview process. And it's very important in the interview process to be watching body language and checking for consistency of what's being shared throughout their responses to the different questions. And so if this is the first time you're interviewing and you're just learning the interview process, you're managing a lot in your head. So bring somebody in and let tell them, okay, I want you to watch body language and I want you to listen for consistency in their story and, and things that don't add up that we need to ask more questions about. And that allows you just to ask the questions and capture responses. And then you also have somebody that you can reflect with afterwards and say, okay, what was your feeling? This part can't be systematized. (laughs) It's your gut reaction to the person in the room with you. Time and again, when we're doing a post-mortem with a business owner after they've had to fire someone, and I ask, what was the first sign for you that something wasn't right? We end up back at the interview process. I I will hear time and again, I had that feeling in the interview process. My stomach just kind of nodded up a little bit when they said that one thing, but everything else sounded so good and I really needed somebody. So I just kind of dismissed that. I thought it'll wash out in the end. Pay attention to your gut. With the interview process, because I think we pointed through and we'll link through to who and uh, top grading as well, because there's some sort of questions you probably want to map out. And I might even see if there's some resources we might grab from you afterwards that we can include underneath this session. So yeah, you you structure what your interview is going to to look like. And then that analysis afterwards, do you have any key steps in, in the way that you do that? Obviously, the the feeling is one thing, but I also need yes. a system. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and so that is where the reference checks become important. And most business, most of us busy small business owners will be tempted to skip that. We'll be like, okay, I got somebody. I feel good about them. I know I'm supposed to do this reference check, but I, I just need to get somebody in the role. Don't skip the reference check. Think through what you heard in that interview and who are the different people that could verify what you heard. If it's coworkers, supervisors, ask to be put in contact with those people and verify these these different things that you've heard in the interview. And then the other key piece is don't delay. A players will get snapped up <laughs> quickly, especially if they've been laid off and they're and they're talking to you because they've been laid off. Oh my gosh, move fast because they're talk they're everywhere networking and looking for the next opportunity. And if they have a current opportunity that or a current job that they're in, make your offer quickly to them because 
they're in demand. And too many business owners will drag their feet and say, I need to think about it. I'm not sure. Because it's the first time you're doing this whole process. Just move fast and make the offer. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. And then maybe in, in the tail end, because I know you've probably got some other, there's a whole probably another process for the actual hiring part, the onboarding and those sorts of things. Are there any other things as far as rounding this off? Do you bring them on for a trial period? Is there anything that you kind of do to set them up for that next piece? Yeah. So remember back at the beginning when I said, identify your one result that you're looking for. So that sets you up to do highly effective onboarding with your new team member that you're bringing on, because now you're going to be thinking about, I've got an A player in this role. What am I expecting of them at the end of the year? What should they be able to produce for me? That's the test that you're teaching to. And now you're going to design backwards at not, okay, if that's what they're going to do at 12 months, what are they going to do at nine months? And what do they need to do at six months? All the way back to day one. What do they need to be demonstrating to me at the end of day one that reassures me I've hired the right A player for this role? Now you know what you're looking for and you're in a much better position to make a decision quickly if you've hired the wrong person and be able to let them go. And that's really the key. As soon as you're sure of it, let them go. Start over. It's painful. It stinks to have to do that. But faster is better in that respect. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think what I love about this, it's quite a sequential process that I could imagine filtering, 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 and you're, you're really just looking for that gold, that A player who's going to fit like a, a glove. And all of that work up front is obviously going to pay huge dividends, like you said, to do with the cost of the mishire. Are there any final tips on, on this particular process before? I know I'm going to point people through to check out the book because it goes into a lot more detail, but um, yeah, yeah, where do people go wrong and any other tips? I think one of the questions I get asked a lot is around salary. What do I do if I can't afford to pay these top wages and they have a corporate job and they have all these benefits and they're going to be taking a step and pay, step down and pay to come work for me. And so now that you've defined the result that you're looking for 12 months, think about what you could afford to pay an A player who produces those results for you in 12 months. What impact will that have on the profitability and the revenue of the business? And use that to set the pay for the 12 month mark. And then look at, okay, if you can get into about the 65th to 75th percentile of as, as your initial offer of, you know, here's where we're going to land. I know it's a little step down for what you're getting, but here's where we start you. But if you hit this result at three months and you hit this result at nine months in one year, we're going to quickly advance you and we're going to have you in the 90th percentile by the end of year one. And for your, and you've got to do the math for them. Don't talk in percentiles, say, this is how much that is. <laughs> and then you're going to get a raise every year. And here's the bonus opportunity. So at year five, if you continue to produce the way you tell me you can produce and the way I think you can produce, this is what you could be making. Show them the numbers. Put it on a bright piece of paper. I always joke, I say scratch and sniff. Put it on scratch and sniff piece of paper. Something that they will take out of your office with them and not lose. That it won't go in a pile of papers that they can't find again. So on the one side, you've laid out this real clear trajectory of how they're going to get top pay with you. On the other side, you have endorsements from your current A players about why they like working for you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes uh, comes back to marketing. It's all marketing because that's yeah, kind of uh, almost like your reference tre- checks or your testimonials and case studies proving that you deliver on your word. Yep, and that's the piece. Is so many businesses will say opportunities to advance, and it's vague and fuzzy. There's nothing tangible there, but if you can show tangible opportunities to advance with social proof, with your current A player saying, look, here's how I've advanced. Here's why I love working here. Now you have something that is a highly attractive offer. Yeah, perfect. It makes good sense. Now, if people want to find out more, I know your book's a great place to start. I don't know if you have any other resources and where we can point people to. There's obviously your, your podcast is another great resource people should check out. But yeah, if people want to find out more about Dr. Sabrina, where do they go? If you want to get more on the hiring process and more in-depth work on this, we have a toolkit that we I've put together and it's at howtohirethebest.com forward slash toolkit. Easy. And I'll make sure to link just underneath wherever someone's watching this to get to that as well. Nice and easy with a click. And then also your website as well. And that, that yes. links through, I know, to your socials and podcasts and things like that. Our, our main hub for everything is tapthepotential.com. That's where you can learn more about me, our, our coaching program that we have, the book, our four-week vacation program. All of that is at tapthepotential.com. Perfect. Well, a big thank you, Sabrina, for your time and and being very generous sharing that process. And uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, David. I'm so excited to have this conversation. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now. 